good morning and welcome once again and um you know oftentimes i try to come up with a a catchy title for each week's service and sermon because uh, it seems like when i have a catchy title or i could throw something in there that's kind of current or event related just it, i tend to to bring up the the viewership you know that's a a marketing ploy, but if we can just get a few more people to listen to the word and hopefully a, a seed takes place, then uh, we can we can reach a few more people. And uh, so uh, as I was working on the dap today and, and what would make you think, and uh, this came to mind. Do you ever wonder if God wants you to be the villain? You know, we look at the, uh, the comic books. You know, today we have all these different comic book heroes and are bringing, being, bringing brought to life upon the big screen. And they all have an origin story. And they all have their, their nemesis, their, the bad guys that they have to battle. And they have their origin stories as well. And it seems like it always came down to to one event, one moment that kind of changed their trajectory. Now, as we as we think about that, you know, you're like, well, that's 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 crazy talk. You know, that's that's ridiculous. How does that have anything to do with with God and what we're facing today? And for many of us, it's we sit here and we wonder where exactly is our breaking point? That proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back because we uh tend to have a bunch of little things that that build up and you ever just wonder when is enough enough dear heavenly father we thank you for this opportunity to speak your word today father we thank you for the message that you have for us just ask you to take myself out of the way father let your true message shine through we ask this in the name of your son jesus amen so uh they say that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. God never said that. Not in his word. That's something that we've picked up along the way that man has adapted. That God is just the opposite. He's always allowing us to have more than we can handle. Because then we have to rely on him. We often wonder many times, why is it that so much stuff gets piled on us? You know, it's one thing that when you walk in and the, the wash machine has quit working and there's water all over the floor. But then two days later, you find the same kind of scenario in your kitchen when the dishwasher is also malfunctioned. And then the air conditioning breaks. The TV goes out. The kids are being extra troublesome that week. And we're all in these points in our lives at, at times. It just seems like to just everything is falling upon us all at once. I walked in this building the other day. I turn on the air conditions. Not one, but both 
<laughs> failed to work. So I was trying to investigate that problem. I decided I needed some water and to find out there's no water either. So after getting those things taken care of, then another problem arises. And here we are, we're in the house of the Lord. And sometimes we think that we should have some special treatment. That we think that we have, should have some kind of exemption. In fact, that we need to have, have more of it when we realize what God has for us. The Word tells us that we need to take hold of every thought. And we've been developing our own pattern of thinking based on what we've been taught. And we get to the point where we already have our minds made up about certain things. We've already developed certain opinions about God and how He is to operate. And we, we want to bring people into the fold. We want to see our churches grow. We want to see our, our congregations build. We want to see people come to Christ. We want to see baptisms. We want to see souls saved. We want to see people rejoicing in the name of the Lord. So we try to sell all the, the good stuff, all the positive stuff. And then when we have our, our group, we want to make sure we keep them together. So it's real easy to want to mold and shape what we're talking about where it's pleasing to the ear. Where it's can adapt to everyone. But what happens is we lose meaning. We look at what God is trying to really tell us. And we lose that, that meaning, that definition, because we're so consumed about how it's going to make us feel. We, uh, they say one problem people have about being happy is they don't really have a good definition of what happiness is. So how do you know if you've reached that point if you do not know what that point is? If you don't know where to set the bar, how are you ever going to reach that height? And that happens for, for many of us. When we consume church, what is it that we're trying to get out of it? Why are we here? What is its purpose? And for a lot of us, it's because, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. We're trying to check off some boxes, trying to get some kind of credit system. We're trying to look good in the eyes of our peers. We're here to socialize. We're here for the amenities. We're here for the entertainment. And in reality, none of that stuff matters. I've consumed a lot of teachings from preachings and Everything in between from a lot of different people that put it out there. 
for some points was just to try to uplift my spirits and have a closer connection with God to help me through some rough times in my life. And then later to be able to hone my skills, to gather more information, be able to see how other people do it when I'm presented and as, as teaching. And I've seen a, a lot of different styles and a lot of different things and consumed a, a lot of it. And we see that certain people really excel at it. Because it comes to the point that they're more of a, a motivational speaker. They're there to make you feel good, release that dopamine. And we see the effects of that because we have a, a grand following. The churches are mega. The book sales are high. There's television programs. People want to consume because of the way that it makes them feel. And we see a pattern. If you follow a lot of different ones, you'll see, and myself included, we all have them go-to things that we use to, to show God's power. I've talked many times about my daughter being healed from a, a condition that is doesn't fix itself, that we had to make some decisions about whether to have her surgery or not, and God took that from us by eliminating the problem. That's my go-to thing. And then they have other go-to things as well as they use. And some of it might seem big, and then some of it not so much. But they want to throw out the, that positivity. But we don't see too much of... The, the negativity. What about the, the challenging times? What about the times that we don't receive the results that we are, are looking for? Because that's pretty much how our, our prayer life works. We have a, a want in our life, a need in our life. We're dealing with a situation or a circumstance. And then most of the time what we'll do is we'll go along, we'll try to fix it or achieve it in our own thing. And then when we run out of options, we'll turn to God. And we expect him to do it a certain way in a certain amount of time and for us to have our results. And if it doesn't work out that way, then we are disappointed. We don't think that God gave us justice or he's not listening. He's not answering. We think we have it all figured out. Sometimes God has a different plan than what we think we should have. And we see in his word that everything is not always this uplifting, joyful process that we often get in church. We get the illusion that all we have to do is accept God, take Jesus into our hearts, and all our problems are over. When in fact, it's just beginning. Here's an example. If you was to stand before people that enlist soldiers, if you was at a job fair, and the, the army, the navy, the 
Marines, they're standing there and they're telling you all the different things that this career path is going to do for you. That you're going to learn all these different skills. You're going to become fit. You're going to become mentally sharp. You're going to have leadership skills. You're going to have camaraderie. You're going to have all these different things that's going to make you a better person. They're going to tell you about all that. They're going to tell you about the world travel. They're going to tell you about everything that makes this grand. But what they're not going to tell you is, is what it's going to take to get you to that point. About all the training, the grueling hours, the physical and mental strain that you're going to have to go through to get you to that point. And so we tend to take out that part when we talk about God as well. We take the what you have to do part out of it. We tell you all the things that God can do, but we don't give you any kind of instruction about how to get there, how to use these things, how to pray, how to receive, what kind of relationship that God wants. We don't talk about how Satan's going to attack us, how we're going to have trials and tribulations, and how... We're not always going to understand everything God's got going on. That's one of our biggest challenges. See, faith is believing in something that we can't see. That we know it to be true, even though we can't prove it, we can't see it. And that's a big obstacle for humans because we want proof. We want to be able to see it. We like to work in what we deem to be fact. But that's where God and everything else differs. Because God, we have to operate in faith. Paul, he... uh, He's a good example to work with because he has been through a lot. He had a, a rocky start as a human being. He wasn't a, a very good candidate to do anything for God. And God was able to transform him and to use him. And he went through all kinds of things in his life. He was shipwrecked. He was locked up. He was beat up. But he maintained an attitude, a positive attitude. And he had this little thing going on here about a a thorn that he calls in his side. And in 12 and 6, For thou I would desire glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, now that I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which is seest me or that heareth me. At least I should thought measured of avoidance, of reservations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, least I should be exalted for the measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in my weakness. 
Most gladly, therefore, I will gather my glory and my infirmities to the power of Christ that rests upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reforces and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For I am weak, then I am strong. We see that Paul has been through all these different things. And he has this thing, this chronic thing that is troubling him. That he's asked God to take for him. And God tells him that my grace is sufficient. He's telling us that whatever struggle we have, that he is going to see us through. That his strength is shown in weakness. So we have this idea that we need to do everything on our own, that we have to be self-made, self-important. Look at me. Look at my big pile of gold that I've collected. Look at all the things that I've done. But we were never meant to do anything without God. We are to have God as a constant presence in our life. Now, I want you to continue to keep looking at this example here. So, Paul... He's been working for God. He's been doing a lot of stuff in the name of the Lord. And he's had much suffering at the hands of it because of his faith and because of his work for the Lord. And yet he has this problem. And he knows that God can take this problem from him. But yet God doesn't do it. So how many of us would this be our our villain moment here? How many of us would say, enough is enough? God, if you're not going to help me, then forget it. I'm no longer going to help you. But you see his attitude here. You said, okay, all right, God, if that's the way it needs to be, then fine. I am okay with that. I believe that Paul had an idea about what happiness is. And imagine that. Imagine taking worry out of your life. Imagine taking doubt out of your life. Taking fear out of your life. Having the peace that only God can bring you. That is happiness. See, we try to accumulate all these things. Why do we accumulate money? It's a a defense against the world. Because if we have money, we can pay a doctor if we get sick. If we have something break, we can pay someone to fix it. If we get in trouble, we can pay an attorney to fix that. Money can be thrown in all the different things that the world throws back at us. But we're using it for a substitution. Because it's one of those things that can be easily disposed of. We have millionaires. We have celebrities. We have politicians. We have all these people that are in different states of 
power. And none of them are exempt from what the body can do to us. Getting sick, getting hurt, getting damaged. We have many people that can no longer do the grand things that they would do because their body no longer allows them to do so. Money. There's many more people that went from riches to rags than rags to riches. That all it takes is a certain set of situations, some bad decisions, a stroke of bad luck, and everything can be changed in the blink of an eye. But there's one constant, and that is God. He's always there. He's always the same. And then we think it would be so grand if he would just take these things from us. If he would stop all this stuff from happening. But I've noticed something in my own life. You know, sometimes we want to kind of argue with God a little bit. And we've all been there. And, and, and God doesn't mind that because I've had some of my best conversations with him when I was at my breaking point. I've been able to hear more clearly when I was focused on the situation and trying to find answers. His grace is always sufficient. It would seem easy just for him to take everything away, but yet, where would we be? When do we truly seek God? Is it when everything's going good or we're out of options? When we're frustrated, when we're hurt, when we're scared, when we're in fear, when we're doubting? Things are going good. You don't even have a whole lot to talk about with God. Some of us don't even do it at all. Or it becomes so ritualistic. We get up in the morning and we say our prayers and it sounds like the same thing over and over again. There's no relationship there. You know why God likes us to argue with Him sometimes? It's because there's some passion to it. There's some feeling to it. It's something outside of our little cookie cutter thing that religion makes for us. We have some feeling and some passion. That's what God wants. He wants that fire inside us to erupt and to burn bright. So when we can't do that, just by his glory, just by being in his presence. Look at all the stuff that God has given for us. He sent us his son. He has saved us from damnation and hell. He listens to our prayers. He's there for us. He loves us no matter what we do. And if he never did another thing for us, that's more than we ever, ever, ever could repay.
But yet he still wants to give us more. He wants to do more. And he's willing to give us tough love. He sees what's going to happen, how we're going to respond to it. He knows it's going to hurt. He knows how we're going to feel. But he knows that we have to go through it. Because these are the times that we draw closer to him. No one ever said that this life was going to be easy. No one ever said it's not going to have its challenges and its difficulties. And it's always been that way. Outside that garden, when the first people started walking this earth, when sin came into it, that's when the challenges started. And it's just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And much of it is our own faults because we've allowed things to happen. We've allowed sin to run rampant. We've allowed Satan to run rampant. We've allowed man to dictate how things should be instead of God. And we have really messed things up. We listen to lies. We believe them. We stand up and fight for them. It's amazing that we look out and we see the protest and we see the battles of these things that are so against God. So many people that's willing to, to stand up and to fight and to scream and do these things for things that the Word tells us is not of God. And they're so passionate about it. Imagine if we had that kind of passion and we put it into God. We are scared to. I don't understand why it is that we fight so hard not to try what God tells us. There's where it, it lies. We get stronger. Each battle that we go through, each thing that we overcome, it makes us stronger. It defines our character. It builds us. And each time that we see God, that we see His hand in and things, it makes our faith stronger. God's not concerned about our feelings at a certain point through a certain situation. He's looking at the, the big picture. And this is where he's trying to get us. Where we don't fear, where we don't doubt. When trouble comes, we turn it over to God. And we leave it there. When things don't go our way, we turn it over to God and we leave it there. And we have that belief that no matter what the situation is, that God's got it in control. 
We waste so much of our time being hurt and offended. When all we have to do is trust in God. He's got a a plan for our lives. We're supposed to praise Him in the good times and also praise Him in the storms. I think many of us fail to realize the value of the storms, the value of the hard times. And what else it does for us. It's real easy to fall into a pattern of self-pity. To feel sorry for ourselves. To be sad or depressed about our, our situation. All we have to do is trust in God. God is there with us no matter where we're at. Our surroundings doesn't matter. Our situation doesn't matter as long as we have him. Paul, Peter, they were at peace inside the prison. They knew God was with them. Paul's got this situation that God seems to not want to take care of. God's still with him. Many of us are facing these things. We have these things that plague us each and every day, and we ask God to take care of it, and for some reason, we're not gaining any traction on it. And how are we behaving with that? Are we feeling bad about it? Are we feeling hard at God about it? Or are we praising Him in the storm? Are we praising Him that He's still there, that He's still with us? Where are you at today? It's time to to look at ourselves and we have to realize that God is always there. God is always good. That is what faith is.